crypto and the cannabis industry. On one hand, you've got a lot of people who are supporting cannabis legalization, both medically and recreationally. And yet on the other side, it's still federally illegal. So given some cannabis companies, some heartburn complicating issues uh, in states where you aren't allowed to bank at all, there are some banking options or opportunities, but they're not as vast. So we're going to talk about how crypto could potentially help those unbanked cannabis companies coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to the Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. There's been a lot of robberies we've talked about uh, here recently on the podcast in cannabis up and down the West Coast, at least uh, California, Washington is really bad. And I'm assuming that it's probably everywhere. Uh, and that all stems from the issue of having too much cash on hand. So a lot of these businesses um, are, are getting targeted by individuals who don't really care about doing minimum 25 years for armed robbery. So, you know, you, you can't really penalize people who don't care. All you can try and do is maybe pass a law that uh, provides some kind of banking in order to get the cash out of the system, out of the pot shops and, and limit that kind of risk to your business. So a lot of cash on hand and a lot of people don't really know what to do with it. So some of the issues or compounding problems is federally illegal. And then local banks uh, are selective about who they want to work with. And so without that option of a safe banking act or equivalent, that's not uh, going to uh, remove the obstacles that are current in place. So unfortunately, Congress is, is moving slowly and legalized cannabis is not going to be here for another couple of years, probably. And so until that legislative effort happens, we're going to continue to talk about alternative solutions like whether or not crypto has the power to help these small business owners protect their money while simultaneously trying to take an enormous target off of their backs from these robbers. There's a bank out of Colorado that's been around for a while that offers banking to the cannabis industry. They're going public. So hopefully they're going to use some of that capital to uh, maybe buy up some other smaller uh, banks in other areas and offer this service you know, nationwide being one of the larger ones. Uh, what we're seeing is the big companies can afford the massive expenses that, that they're being charged when other people just have to kind of say no we're not going to do that. So significant disadvantages for some of these smaller businesses that can't really afford the fees that their larger competitors can. So that kind of paves the way for the question is like, can crypto help with that? Uh, short answer is no. You, you can't do crypto for the same reason you can't do a credit card. The only way to conduct crypto is by violating a wire fraud. So, um, you know, Al Capone didn't go to jail for any crime other than, you know, like probably wire fraud or something. Right. So that's what they're going to get you on is is the, the stupid stuff. And that's why I would not use crypto at all. Um, you know, definitely don't lie about who you are, or what you do, because then they can kind of come after you as well. Um, so a lot of people like back in the day when I could use a credit card in, in Seattle, uh, you know, came up as like a fake name or whatever. So some companies tried to do that doesn't really work uh, and is not recommended. Um, and for the same reason that that didn't work is the reason why crypto won't is because you, you can't do it electronically or digitally because that's a considered a federal felony it's wire fraud. But let's talk about if it wasn't in theory, uh, or actually the crypto does 
will compete against the banks. And I cannot wait until DeFi comes out so I can eliminate my bank. I got a credit union who's a joke, an absolute joke. Boeing employees credit union. I'm on the phone for like 45 minutes trying to set up a wire. I mean, it's crazy. So Bank of America is the other bank I have and uh, I can't stand them. So I'm really, really excited about this opportunity for DeFi to come in so I can vote with my dollars and move as fast away from traditional banking as possible. There's gonna be some advantages like lower fees. Uh, cryptocurrency has their own set of fees. When you're trading those, it's not cheap. You guys may be already um, used to not paying trading fees. Back in the day, like the early nineties or whatever, when I was in high school, it was like 20 bucks per trade. So now that, um, you know, you don't have trading fees, it's really distorted the perception of, of investing. Uh, and so people aren't necessarily used to crypto fees, but they're doing it anyway. Actually, they're just buying and holding. So they just, they're not day trading or swing trading. Uh, but they, people are in general used to cashless transactions. It's about convenience. And so they don't want to go to an ATM and pay extra fees. They just want to have that cashless transaction. I wouldn't go so far as to say that crypto is more user-friendly than a debit card, but everything moves much, much faster. So having the blockchain, which is the automated accounting side underneath the uh, cryptocurrency, that's going to be moving much, much faster than cryptocurrency. Automated accounting, definitely user-friendly, happens much, much faster. When you transfer something, you don't have to wait, you don't have to pay. You know, It's just there. It's instantaneous when you pay or transfer. So it's definitely global. You're not going to have a lot of uh, issues. There will be that KYC, know your customer. That's a banking term. And so these international um, uh, restrictions in order to limit the um, fraud, whatever. So you, there's, you can't have like international people opening up accounts and there's um, all of these different um, regulations. And so that's what's gonna be a struggle for a lot of people is to understand that banking regulations when dealing with crypto. Volatility with, with crypto is gonna be something that doesn't really keep a lot of people uh, invested with all of their money, right? So when, when it drops from 60 down to 30 and you lose half your money, that's not great. So eventually that volatility is going to even out as more institutional investors get in. There's going to be uh, futures and you know that's going to uh, change the way that the volatility is. For example, you don't have the volatility in the stock market as much because you have uh, shorts and then you have long. So when people are betting against it, betting for it, evens out the playing field with the exception of things like GME, GameStop that had what 140% uh, short. So you had a lot of naked short sellers, um, which isn't technically legal. Um, but my point is there's volatility. And right now there's a huge amount of volatility in crypto. And so uh, I don't really see a lot of people jumping in and using this um, as a savings account because of the potential for it to crash and, and wipe out a lot of equity. You can't regulate crypto out of existence. I, I posted that uh, maybe a few weeks ago, like with the current administration wanting to regulate it. But when you look at oil and what they're able to do with embargoes and the power that the U.S. government has, they are able to restrict it to the point where they can suffocate it to the point of its uh you know, not easily used. Central banks can do that all over the world. So I see the Safe Banking Act um, 
being more beneficial than crypto. Uh, eventually, I, I kind of see crypto being as regulated just like a stock. So it sounds like the central bank digital coin is going to come out in a couple of years, uh, two years, probably 2024. And at that point, or at least before then, because the Biden administration is already talking about uh, it's a national security for crypto, uh, which is funny. So what I think they'll end up doing is making it regulated just like a stock. And so because it's one of two things, when you buy something strictly for the purpose of appreciation, it's it's a security. And so it's either competing against a U.S. dollar, making it completely illegal, or it is a stock or a security and will be regulated like like one. And I think it's going to be the latter um, because they can't they they know they can't regulate it out of existence. So they have to regulate it like a stock. Crypto will be interesting to see. Maybe there'll be some contests or uh, other means of trying to get people to use it at dispensaries other than just an ATM or, or anything else. I, I don't think that uh, crypto is going to be involved in the cannabis industry because you can't have too many regulations. My lawyer said only break one law at a time. And so we, you're not gonna be seeing crypto in the cannabis industry. I know that's probably not what people wanted to hear. Let me know what you guys think though. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has can of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects Network. Network.